In a world where our best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Shit Show. The You're welcome. Uh, yeah, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast that covers the best laid plans of mice, men, children, animals, certain types of animals, mice, elephants. Uh, Everything. Anaconda versus giraffe. Yeah. Everything. Uh, the best laid plans of mice and men and all those things that come horribly and hilariously off the rails. It's me taking... I'm Rig and... That's me and I'm Rig. Oh, and man. This, this is, this is an go- all-time intro. This is going really well. You know when I asked you, are you ready to go? I'm so said- ready. <laughs> I'm born. I'm born good. I can do this. You weren't born to... <laughs> okay, fuck it. Anyway, welcome and to Shit Show, everybody. Welcome to Shit Show. I'm Rig, and I'm joined, as always, by Gus, a.k.a. G-Spot, because you're very hard to find, but when I do get a hold of you, it is a real pleasure. Yep. Well, just drop that one on me, haven't you? It is a pleasure to have a nickname that is not quite Rig City, but uh, it's, a, it's approaching those lofty heights. So... I have the segments this week. You do. You have the segments this week, which means that you are going to have the horses, doovers, the canapes that people are going to feast on before I get to the media portion of it later on. And we're going to start, as we always do, the first plate out of the kitchen that we are very, very close to is the train wreck trophy. Gus has gone away and he has tried to find the best train wrecks of the week and he has succeeded. Succeeded and he's going <laughs> to put them down for me and I'm going to award one of them the train wreck trophy. What have you got for us, buddy? Mate, I'm going to start strong with something that we know and love. That is music festivals that go super south. Yes. So you've probably already seen a little bit of this kicking around as an image because we've both been tagged in it by a number of our fantastic listeners. Yep. It's a picture of a series of very basic speakers on sticks yeah. and a piece of balsam yeah, wood yeah. in the middle of a field. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That turns out to I be... I haven't read it. <laughs> Good. Because that turns out to be the Gathering Festival in South Carolina, which is an EDM festival. Electronic direct mail. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's targeted at our demographic because some of the artists involved were people like Fuck Diamonds, (laughs) Intoxic, (laughs) B2B, (laughs) Atlians. What does B2B stand for? I think it's business to business. business. (laughs) I know all about EDMs. (laughs) Freaky, D3V. (laughs) Ralph <laughs> Louis D3V actually seems really offensive, yeah. but it could just be a guy named Dev. Yeah, and also Leah Culver, <laughs> who I <laughs> assume is a beat poet. <laughs> anyway. Poetry slam. <laughs> so this is how this was described by promoter EDM United Events. <laughs> they said... We're bringing you four themed stages of sound, 20 amazing DJs, 50,000 watts of sound, amazing lighting that will melt your face, visuals that will blow your mind, an oxygen bar, food vendors, fire dancers, and a beer cave. Also, breakfast is on us. <laughs> I feel like that's like that's, that's a place where I would not trust the food. It's, 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 that, that's like eating at a strip club. People are just like, try the paella. And you're just like, I would never fucking try that at a strip club. Definitely not. So tickets range from $10 to $145 with a strict no refund policy. Well, it's, which not, is quite, how- <laughs> it's not quite fire fest. No, no. But it's so close because the organisers had no fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> so all of these acts have rocked up and they've discovered that... So what, what sort of act, sorry? <laughs> oh, fuck diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just pulling fucking names, like random words out of a hat. <laughs> Monkey thrust. <laughs> MC Clitface. <laughs> Goatface killer. Bloodfist McGraw featuring the dumpster babies. <laughs> fuck knuckle. And don't forget... Gunt. <laughs> yeah, they were all performing on various various themed stages. So the thing about these themed stages, Rig, was uh, the promoter decided that this was going to be kind of one of those build-your-own-stage vibes, which, <laughs> as we both know, is not a real thing. Definitely not a thing. So when the DJs rocked up, or the, <laughs> the various variety acts and fire dancers, and found out that they were being given a power drill, a hammer, and a bunch of wood... <laughs> Pretty pissed. Uh, not as pissed as the punters when they rocked up and found out that the only thing that a DJ called Goatface Killer does worse than play music is construct a stage. <laughs> because the infrastructure ate bags of dicks. <laughs> so, so yeah, they are... Uh, 
uh, people came for this bloke, as you can you can imagine. Um, he's <laughs> a goat face killer. No, 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 no. He was fine. Um, <laughs> he can he constructed uh, this stage, which as you can you can see and describe to all of our listeners. Oh my god! Says it's it just. It <laughs> In, in the same way that one might spray paint the side of an unmarked van with free candy, it's a it's a uh, a piece of plywood which has literally been uh, spray painted on in black, and it just says, "We'll play tracks for food." <laughs> that inspires confidence. Oh, grey man, ain't what you used to be. <laughs> it's like mixing oh it on God. the deck, but but also it's it's erected uh, underneath what looks like. A children's A-frame swing set, <laughs> monkey bars, <laughs> and, and on top of it are two seven-dollar lights, which <laughs> I imagine forms part of the visuals that will melt your face, <laughs> but will be kind to your pocket. Bunnings, lower prices every day. Shit. Anyway, oh, and uh, they've got a quote here from DJ Josh Ware, shit <laughs> <A-K-A-A-Gunt>, name, mate, <laughs> who said, I, "I didn't get paid for DJing." or setting up. Me and like four or five dudes, the only reason anyone had a stage to even play on. I'm giving this fuck until Friday to pay me. I don't want my money from anyone else but Andrew or his wife. Ooh. So he's really gone the family route. Oh, which, yeah. Which I hear is an EDM classic. <laughs> so, so that is... Uh, <laughs> oh, and obviously the... Uh, Facebook vitriol was extraordinarily swift. That's amazing. People came for this bloke. His name is Andrew Murdoch. A.K.A. Uh, DJ Scranus. <laughs> <laughs> you knew him as DJ Biffin. Now he's back as Scranus <laughs> with a K and a V instead of a U. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, that's the EDM <laughs> festival, <laughs> The Gathering, which is our first... <laughs> Magic, the gathering. Oh, oh, fuck that. Cards, one. cards, <laughs> breakfast on us. Doors, doors, doors. It was a great game. You have to make your own doors. Perfect. All right. The second one. Uh, we are so strong this week. Uh, uh, the second one is everybody's favorite fuckboy, Salim Mahaja. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate this guy. So this is, a, this is an old twofer. Yeah. He's in the news under the the colour, uh, the banner of Trainwreck twice this week. Ooh. One of them is because he has just launched his wedding planning business. <laughs> Which I'm thrilled about. I mean... Welcome pe- to pe- the industry, Slim. Like, people people know why this guy is a, is a fucking meme of a person, right? I mean... Well, you can't nail it down to one thing, Rick. I mean, you can't. But, I mean, you know, there are... For our international listeners, they'd be like... Who is this guy? Okay. This but York York notes, he is an ex local member of parliament uh in a a New South Wales council and he basically had he was involved in really shady property deals. Yeah. He has been accused of buying votes and electoral fraud. Yeah. He also had the most garish wedding in history <laughs> where he proceeded to land helicopters, helicopters. in Lidcombe, which yeah. for our international listeners is kind of like landing helicopters in the middle of fucking nowhere <laughs> and, uh, and stopping a suburban street yeah. so that you can ride Lamborghinis down there and videographers and he really yeah. fucked everybody Just over. Just a real, real fuckboy. Yeah. yeah. He he ain't ain't a great dude, uh, but his his wedding planning business was launched on Instagram, and uh, of course it was <laughs> because of course it was. And one of the best parts, it's called Mahaja Wedding and Event Planning. There's typos all over this thing. If you want to find out, just go to Salim dot on on. I can't even say his name <laughs> on uh, on Instagram. But one of my favourite parts is that the logo for his wedding planning business, the end of the word Mahaja, literally what? comes apart at the seams yeah. like a piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, my God. That looks horrible. Entrust us with your big day. It definitely won't disappear in the wind. Yeah. (laughs) It literally looks like it's changing seasons as you're looking at it. (laughs) Looks bizarre. Not not only that, but they make such boasts. While we are all very occupied with our day-to-day jobs, with our skill of creative, we make use of our education and passion to this dream as we aim to take our hobby to the next level. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> what? This is the press release. What? We guarantee the best service or money back guarantee. <laughs> Say guarantee again. <laughs> Say it one more fucking time. <laughs> we will also beat any prices to make your next events or ceremonies memorable. Most importantly, we will work with any budget. This screams bullshit. This, that guy does not know what a budget is. <laughs> no way. Like, just the, we, ju- we just told people he fucking landed a helicopter in the middle of a suburb <laughs> in a fucking public park. He did that. However, I think you're overlooking the fact that Rig, he'll beat any prices. And also, he guarantees the best service or money back guarantee. <laughs> You can't argue with that kind of a promise from a man who has made a career out of breaking, breaking promises. Yeah. So, so not only that, but I think that this is an opportunity for us, Rig, yeah. to do something for the people. So he said he's going to beat any price. What we're going to do between this week's show and next week's is contact Mahajal Wedding and Event Planning and let them know that we've got a $1 quote from a wedding planner <laughs> and see what the fuck goes down. $500 wedding. <laughs> Okay, so uh, thank you for your inquiry, uh, Mr. Stevenson. We, we would like to inform you that we will be taking your job for the small price of $200,000. You are welcome, <laughs> sir. You are welcome. <laughs> All and right. if yous would like to make any more inquiries... <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I guarantee that you will give us an email. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So here's the thing. The second part of this may make you question why I'm doing this as a train wreck trophy yeah. on a public forum. Because Salim Mahaja has promised to launch Australia's largest defamation case. <laughs> <laughs> and Against who? <laughs> Australia. And, the whole country. And to Salim, if you somehow stumbled across our humble podcast, we'd like to say, fuck you, mate. <laughs> fuck you sideways. <laughs> you can direct all your complaints to... Channel 7, our employer. (laughs) So he has levelled a series of defamation claims through his sister, who is a Sydney solicitor, and she has sent this letter to Fairfax Media. Just want to sort of read this out to you to, to get an idea of how insane this whole thing is. Yeah. We write, this is to Fairfax. We write to you to inform you that we act for Salim Mahaja and his related entities. We have contacted the Sydney Morning Herald as the chosen coverage to share an exclusive story as they have not been chosen in the list of those we anticipate on commencing legal proceedings at this stage. So they're contacting a media outlet for an exclusive about how they're suing heaps of media outlets. (laughs) Our client will be commencing legal action against, not limited to, Channel 7, A Current Affair, The Daily Telegraph, which will be, in our view, Australia's largest case of defamation. We've now gathered all evidence and material to make submissions to sue collectively for... And here's the amount. Rig, what do you think is a normal amount if you're suing three media companies (coughs) as an individual? Uh, A mil per? A mil per thing? Yeah. I reckon that'd be that'd be about the ceiling on it. Yeah. Considering when I looked it up, there's a three hundred and sixty thousand dollar cap on these particular cases. Right, okay. Well, you really fucking led me down the garden path there, didn't you? Well, I mean three hundred and sixty per you, 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 360 you, you, you per case. You dangled the carrot and I'm on a treadmill. <laughs> well, you're about to be on a much, much more expensive treadmill because they are suing for 103 mil. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Literally 100 mil more than I... Oh, my God. $103 million. What? And then follows one of the what? biggest understatements of all time. Whilst this will be our biggest case ever, we confirm that we have now received payment to kickstart these proceedings. <laughs> that's everyone's biggest case ever, mate, because that's defamation so far above and beyond any judgment Ever in Australian history. Rebba Wilson made massive headlines when she got four and a half mil. Yeah. Four and a half million dollars yeah. for an individual and everyone lost huge. Everyone's yeah. in everyone the legal like fraternity huge. Yeah. lost their fucking minds. And they're currently, I think it's Woman's Day, yeah. are appealing it and it'll come down afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Having spoken off the record to a couple of mates who are in the legal fraternity, they've said that this is... So far beyond a joke that no judge in their right mind they're just going to throw it out. Mostly because the concept of suing 
A Current Affair and Channel 7 for a combined $103 million is kind of like going to a bank as a small business owner and going, great, so I've got some big plans. All I need is $23 billion. <laughs> Don't ask any more questions. <laughs> However, I've drawn this diagram and here's my supporting references that I wrote. <laughs> so, like, what the shit? Yeah. Because the ultimate, the ultimate defence against defamation is it's true. Yeah. And what this bloke has done is proven time and time again <laughs> that he is... A very, very untrustworthy bloke. Absolute fuckstick. Yeah. Beauty. And so what's the third train wreck? All right. The third train wreck is one that got sent to us by, uh, or to me, by good friend of the show, George Organ. Oh, Jorkin, he's back. He is. This is his second. This is back-to-back references. Back-to-back. Back-to-back. So here's the thing. If you are on a, a morning television show or a panel show, and someone presents you with a thing called the Packy Carolina Reaper Madness Chip. I've had a, I have had a Carolina Reaper before. Yep, the uh, world's hottest chili. Fucking hot. Yeah. So this is just a fucking stupidly ridiculous chip. Yep. It's and not only it's that. It's just one chip. It's one chip. It comes right. in. It comes in a fucking red coffin with fire <laughs> on it. <laughs> That is a coffin uh, that you can put your tongue and your anus into. <laughs> I've made a couple of things life rules, Rig. Always make sure you make the bed when you leave for the day so you don't come home to a bad, unmade bed and never eat a single chip that is in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> two simple rules that I live by. <laughs> they're, my, they're my two and only rules. <laughs> so what's happened is that these newsreaders have eaten it and one of them... <laughs> the female uh, proponent of the news panel has unfortunately started to lose it. <laughs> she immediately takes a swig of coffee to try and dull the roaring fire <laughs> that is occurring in her mouth <laughs> before promptly vomiting all over the desk. Oh, shit. And the problem with doing this on a news slash focus panel group... Fucking it, live. It, ...is that not only is it live... But all of your co-workers are just going to commentate the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> so, I can blow by blow. Here is the commentary. Oh, Natalie's losing her breakfast. Oh, Natalie threw up. <laughs> Said one of her co-workers, this is going very poorly, folks. <laughs> Said another. You can hear Natalie wheezing and moaning behind the desk, clearly in quite incredible pain. Yeah. As she's still mic'd up and the levels are hot. <laughs> <laughs> So I interview her afterwards, and, the, and the, she goes, I thought I was okay until I had a drink of my coffee to wash down the chip. I threw up, couldn't breathe, and felt like fire was coming out of my mouth, nose, and ears. Shit. She went through the usual remedies of water, milk, and yeah, honey, etc. Yeah, yeah. was still burning. <laughs> An hour later, I had the chills and a massive headache. Oh, Three hours have gone by, and I still feel like I was beaten up in a dark alley. <laughs> her final thoughts, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Two stars, <laughs> which is which is about as as scathing. I <laughs> got, got rid of my constipation though. Oh, she's she's really held back. So those are the three. You have train wreck number one, <laughs> the fuck diamonds <laughs> headlined <laughs> EDM festival, the gathering that yeah. was run on a shoestring, and DJs were forced to make their own stages. Yeah. The second one, Slim Mahajar and a litany of shit shows that he's produced this week. Mm-hmm. And the third one, the uh, Channel 2 news team and their consumption of the Packy One Chip Challenge. Mate, this is, this is a case of, of leading from the front. It was never in doubt after I, after I, as soon as I, you had me at fuck diamonds. <laughs> that is just amazing. And uh, I love it invoked. Amazing memories of, of Firefest and that that uh, that double deluxe, <laughs> double stuffed Oreo version of the cast that we did brought back a lot of great memories. <laughs> Magic the Gathering, <laughs> the Gathering Festival. You have won the Trainwreck Trophy for this week. Cue music. Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Trainwreck Trophy. All righty, which means we move on to our second most beloved segment. It is Poos in the News. Gus has gone away and he has found uh, an example of public defecation or, or 
any sort of instance where someone has shit in public or just done something with shit? Why, as... <laughs> and Gus has promptly left the room. Well, I, I've, well I've just got a whole bunch of poos in the news that I have. And no, wait, he's back. He's back. He, he's obviously, he's gone out. He must have, uh, must have been swearing at a wall or something like that. Hello, Rig. Hello, mate. You, how are you doing? Uh, well, uh, to say that this segment has become somewhat of a bugbear, <laughs> I just needed a moment to compose myself off air. I thought it was going to be one of those things where you put like a paper bag over your head and scream as loud as you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we do record in my apartment complex and I wish to keep my apartment. That's fair enough. It is rent controlled somehow. And so you have gone away and you found uh, examples of public defecation or shitting public or just some that are just about shit. I cannot wait for what you have for us this week. What have you got, buddy? Mate, bite in the bullet. I, I always want to do the best job that I can. Great. Which I'm glad that extends to poos in the news. It is, and it does. If I, I know that our, our listeners obviously cannot see my face, but it is, it's very smug. <laughs> Headline. Bride's wedding dress ruined moments before walking down aisle when son five shits on the dress. Oh, yes. I thought it was going to be she shits on the dress, but this is even better. Please, go All on. right, here we go. Nicholas Snowden Hermitage. Snowden hyphen Hermitage, because she is now married. The I double she barrel. Was, she was originally Snowden or Hermitage <laughs> and is now Snowden Hermitage. Love the double barrel. A bride's wedding dress was ruined moments before she walked down the aisle when her five-year-old son did a poo on her dream gown. Nicholas Snowden Hermitage received the unexpected surprise on her wedding day in June after her son Mason desperately needed the toilet just before she said her vows. Oh. Thinking Mason just wanted a wee, Nicola, 36, popped outside the wedding ceremony, whipped down her son's trousers so he could relieve himself, <laughs> picked him up before he turned around and said to her, Mummy bum bum. And she looked down to her dress to see that he had just taken an enormous crap down. Oh. <laughs> Nicola from Cambridge explained always in the UK. Yeah. It, it <laughs> never leaves. When I saw that Mason had pooed on my dress, my heart sank and I just stared at it in horror. <laughs> never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that something like that would happen on my wedding day. <laughs> I don't think you would ever have that dream. <laughs> regardless of how <laughs> fucked up you are that's some left of center shit at least you at least you could photoshop that out i mean it's not like you <laughs> pretended to blow your new husband <laughs> yeah that's that's good to the netherlands um Nicola met her now husband, Michael Hermitage, so I, she was Snowden, yep. 45, a lorry driver on dating site Plenty of Fish in 2014. Nicola, who works in accounts, said, I felt like the world's, world's most organised bride. I tried on over 20 dresses before I decided on my dream satin oh, gown. Brutal. I was instantly in love with it and knew it was what I wanted to be married in, even though it was over my budget. Walking towards our barn venue on the perfect summer's day, I felt like a million bucks. Oh. This is just all heartbreaking. Oh, it is. But not really, because it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. Basically, <laughs> the the bit where this gets great, because it's an amusing premise, Rick. You don't have to tell me that. But I invented this segment. I know. And I'm coming around to it just for this week. For one week only, I am tickled pink. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. To the lighter side. It's a dark, dark place to be in. <laughs> Turn a light on. <laughs> so you'd think that the biggest issue, because she, she then gets a bunch of wipes and like tries to remove the stain, etc. Yep. But a white dress and human feces. Actual are, shit. Are, yep. are, a, are a match made in hell. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Your big issue is that the photos need to be taken. Yeah. Enter professional Photoshopper. <laughs> All. This this is a photo from her wedding. After the ceremony. Okay. Yep. 
a photoshopper has gone through and photoshopped out all of the stains. Okay. From from the day. After she'd scrubbed at the stain for 20 minutes, used dozens of wipes, she could still see the brown stain, and her dad went, who's mid-60s, just said, don't worry about it. I've got a friend who can sort this out. Yeah. That's fine. Nicola, yeah. Nicola's then fine. Okay. Apart from the fact that she then goes on to say, it was such a hot day, and I began smelling the poo on my dress. <laughs> <laughs> to which her dad said, just close your eyes and imagine you can't. <laughs> That's great. Yep. As I reached Michael at the end of the aisle, I'd begun to see the funny side as I whispered to him, I've got poo on me. Which, <laughs> Rig, you're a man who's never been married, but uh, I, I have, and I can tell you right now, that if Katie reached the, reached the altar and said to me, I've got poo on me, that would not be endearing. That would not be okay. <laughs> that would be a huge problem. Especially if it was hot and she kept saying, I can smell the shit. <laughs> oh, and taken out of context, it would just be awful hearing oh. that for the first time at the altar. Like, just whispered. I've got, <laughs> I've got a secret. <laughs> I've got poo on me. Oh, okay. As a man, you'd be like, I can, I can still get out of this. Yeah. I have not said anything that I can't take back. <laughs> anyway, that's Poo's the News. Fantastic. Which means we move on to the universally beloved One Star Reservoir. Cue music. You! I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star Reservoir. Yes, it's One Star Reservoir. Gus has gone on to all of the leading review sites through the internet and he has found the best one-star reviews that he can and he is going to recite them for us, mate. What have you got this week? I have gone to Amazon. Nice. Actually, no, I've gone to a range of different places. The first Ooh. one's just Amazon. Incredibly okay. misleading, I'm sorry. <laughs> but here's the Amazon review. I'll never forgive you. Please <laughs> go on. You, sh you shouldn't have to. Anyway, 55-gallon drum of water natural water based lubricant <laughs> it costs $1458 plus holy shipping. shit <laughs> the review is i knew getting back in the dating game would be a challenge after being out of it for over 5 years when i was released from joliet i had to learn all the new things the dating crowd was trying I knew about scented can candles and Luther Vandeross CDs and sure was glad to hear people still use them. But I had no idea that lube was so popular with the romantics out there. <laughs> All it took was one stroll through the Walgreens personal hygiene aisle to prove I had, a I had to learn a new thing. Where to start, I wondered. I wanted something simple. However, all I saw in the stores were lubricants that were flavoured with cinnamon and paprika or designed to somehow paprika. heat your private parts. I know. Paprika? Yeah. No way, Jose. I experienced the heat thing personally once after an adventurous incident with a toaster. I'll stick with room temperature from now on. Thank you very much. <laughs> what? Luckily, I found a plain, old-fashioned lubricant that would not make me smell like a dessert topping. And it came in this huge tub. <laughs> No more awkward late-night Walgreens runs for me once I could get my hands on this lubricant bin. <laughs> now, I admit the price tag was kind of hefty, but after selling the old Pontiac Sunfire and borrowing some cash from Aunt Gladys, I was ready to place my order. The product only took a week to arrive and got to my apartment just in time for my first real date since the gas station incident. You can bet I was nervous for this one. When I got off the bus to meet Carla in front of the Chili's, I just about had a heart attack. The only thing keeping me calm was knowing that I could not possibly run out of lube that night. <laughs> I gave Carla a reassuring nod and smile as if to say, don't worry, Carla, I have plenty of lubricant for later. <laughs> The dinner was great, and after knocking back a couple of moho mango margaritas, we were ready to head back to my apartment. I winked and told Carla, let's slip on out of here to see if she understood the lubricant lingo. I think she did. Throughout the bus ride back, I grinned and hummed Luther Vandeross tunes to set the mood. <laughs> When we got to my place, I already had a candle burning. It was by Glade, which I think you pronounce like the singer Sade. <laughs> 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 
because it is an exotic candle that smells just like real pine. <laughs> After we got comfortable, I asked Carla if she could help me with the lube. <laughs> she looked at me weird and I, couldn't <laughs> and I couldn't tell if it was because she thought it was too soon or because I was pushing a mechanical lift <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get the drum barrel out of the storage <laughs> So so I took the initiative, as women like men to do, and rolled the barrel out into the living room. <laughs> Ready to tap the keg, I joked. <laughs> and by keg, I meant a 55-gallon barrel of personal lubricant. She looked at me all shocked and said, that's it, I'm out of here. I asked why, since she didn't need to run to Walgreens for more lubricant. There was plenty right here. <laughs> but she didn't answer and got up to leave anyway. Then, as Carla was about to pass me in the barrel, she tripped on my dog Poochie and fell right into the lube barrel. <laughs> the force of the impact downed the barrel and knocked its lid off, sending 55 gallons of water-based personal lubricant across my faux hardwood floors. <laughs> Carla was completely drenched and her momentum slid her to the front door, which she somehow managed to pry open with a pair of oven mitts. The last thing I knew, no fun Carla was screaming profanities and sliding down three flights of steps. I didn't pay much attention because I was too busy trying to salvage the lube. I managed to get about half, I managed to get about half of it back in the barrel. The other half probably seeped into Mrs. Pulaski's unit below me. I never bothered to ask if she appreciated the free gift of lubricant. Ah, uh, that is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's clearly bullshit. It's clearly bullshit, but it is hilarious. Incredible narrative. Yeah. Fuck me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Glade. <laughs> fucking floored me. That's fantastic. It's amazing. Oh, all right. The second one. The second one is the Han Hostel review. Love it. <laughs> the Han Hostel reads as follows. The location is great, but this is a party hostel. There was major entrance door slamming and banging every hour of the night until at least 5am and everything people came in, they were shouting loudly through the entire place. Nobody at reception until at least 11am, just a note saying, staff is sleeping in room three. I guess they were hangover from all the partying all night long. This place feels more like a boys college dorm. I'm a female solo traveller and I got a bit offended by the code of conduct. I'm going to read you the code of conduct. <laughs> This is, I'm I'm with this chick because yeah. the code of conduct reads as follows. I'm going to go from number five, uh, num number four, sorry. Number four says, absolutely no sexual act of any kind should be carried out on the stairs, in brackets, even silently. <laughs> number five, if sexual acts are being carried out in the bedroom with guests present, be prepared for them to participate or help themselves out. <laughs> it is audio porn, mind you. This is the this is a hostel's printed <laughs> code of hell. conduct. Carry it out in the showers or in the lockable and slidable toilets until you risk someone pissing themselves, in which case you should probably give them priority or make it quick. In the rooms only if not disturbing the other guests. Condoms must go in the bin. <laughs> Number six. Han Hostel is a big believer of being wingman. Therefore, cock-blocking is strictly forbidden. <laughs> this, is, this is followed by C-word blocking is the same concept. Oh, shit. Yeah, that really goes, it goes from zero to 100. Seven, excuses for not having sex that are invalid at Han Hostel are suddenly realising that you are on your period. Suddenly realising that you have a boyfriend slash girlfriend, the partner reminding you of their brother or sister, or saying you have slipped into the friendship zone. Oh. Number nine, all boyfriends and girlfriends must be announced at check-in unless you are willing to cheat on them. What the fuck? Number ten, if you are travelling with a non-sexual partner who could be perceived as being a boyfriend or girlfriend, please announce immediately so we can all have a pop to them. What? Don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, Eleven, it is polite one-night stand etiquette to give up on sex when you realise you are too drunk to come so as to avoid us wasting our time or you falling asleep on us while we, were, we are going down on you. It is better to give it up and pick it up in the morning for morning glory than have a giggle, a cup of tea or maybe even breakfast. This is... It's very bizarre, Rick. Yeah. It's, it's very bizarre. And that's why 
with, firstly, Han Hostel. I'm going to tell you exactly where this is uh, because I'd like to condemn this. This is in Pristina, Kosovo. Ah, right. So here's the thing, Han Hostel. Everything you've written is dead set fucked. Totally fucked. And there is no possible way that you can defend this unless it is some kind of lost in translation uber shitstorm yeah. where what you really meant to say was we are very respectful and everybody in this hostel would like to not be sexually abused. Yeah. Feel like that might not have been a translation problem though. Yeah, even Google Translated at its most rudimentary does not make fundamental mistakes like that. No. So, yep, I am I am with you, Katia Bella from Berlin, Germany, Fuck. the solo female traveler. Jesus. Fuck you, Han Hostel Kosovo. Yeah, absolutely. So, the third one is an Airbnb review Ooh. from an Airbnb owner. Okay. So after you've stayed, obviously, yep. both parties have a, the opportunity yep. to leave a review. Mm-hmm. This is the owner's review of the uh, people who stayed. Rented to two well-dressed and well-spoken art students. At about 4 a.m., the neighbour called me asking what in the actual fuck is going on. I could hear this crazy music and loud sex in the background. Drove over. They have about 30 people in my one-bedroom apartment. Fuck. Naked, covered in glitter, paint and wine. They're all banging. One dude is sitting in the corner looking at them like he's examining a painting, (laughs) making suggestions (laughs) to add to the art piece. There are naked people fucking everywhere. (laughs) A ton of alcohol. Piles of LSD, Ian mushrooms. Red wine, glitter, semen, Blood and paint covered everything. Oh, my God. There was a random feral cat inside watching. (laughs) There's a dude screaming randomly in the middle of the road about nonsense. My apartment was used to film some weird psychedelic art porn. So here's here's the thing. You sort of, you look at that rig and go, yeah, okay, uh, pictures or it didn't happen. That's when you realise that there are pictures attached to this review. No way. Which will go straight up on our website. So here we go. That is a man next to a boob <laughs> a cat. And, and a cat watching. Uh, and the next one. Is there anything else? Yep. <laughs> what? Not sure exactly what it is, but it is a heap of a heap of butts. That dude really needs to wipe that uh, up. That's not that's not good by him. Oh, and the cat again. <laughs> <laughs> the cat again. The cat looks scarred. The cat looks like it's looking up at a thing that it can never unsee. (laughs) And I assume when you see this picture, look at the hairy ass of the guy in the second picture. That's 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 what what the cat's cat's looking lost in. Yeah. (laughs) He's just staring straight in to the eclipse. Into the abyss. Yeah. (laughs) Can never come back from that. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the third one star reservoir review for this week, which brings us to the media portion of our podcast, the shit show spotlight, which is rigs this week. And mate, time to give it to us. That's it. Which I'm is exactly what the art porn psychedelic. <laughs> fuckers I was said. about to say, I'm going to give it to you like some psychedelic <laughs> art porn. Uh, and you were just going to sit there like that cat. So <laughs> I'm a watcher. I- <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to regale you with a tale worthy of the shit show spotlight, but one that is also garnished with helpings of Murphy's Law. Literally everything in this story goes wrong. Good. So in 1970, wouldn't be very funny if it went great. No. In 1970, what we now know as uh, classic rock. So I guess just rock, just or, rock, then. Or, or present rock, <laughs> or whatever the fuck they called it back then. Was flourishing. It was flourishing. Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd. It's a great time. It was a huge time for music. With so much going on and new and fantastic bands coming out, people needed an edge. They needed something that that kind of set them apart. Yeah. In the UK... Now's the time for Fuck Diamonds. Yeah. (laughs) It's only time... It's time for one person, one person only. Gunt. (laughs) So, in in the UK, this edge... The people were going for, or this edge of this particular company was going for, was a Battle of the Bands type competition constructed by a conglomerated company called, puzzlingly, Mother Burger, which was run by two guys, 
A guy named Eddie Moulton and a guy named Steve Warwick. I just thought one of them was going to be the Hamburglar. But <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> this competition was dreamt up as a result of adding two new companies to their conglomerate. One that handled artist management called Fame Pushers. And oh, yeah, sake. awful names, all of these. Like, it's, and a, and it's, a pe- it's one step up from Globocorp. Yeah. <laughs> Copy of Global Hyper Meganet. Uh, so. <laughs> Or, or, a P- or and and they also uh, had a PR firm that they created as well called Message Makers. So fame pushers. So the artist management company they put in an ad for this competition. Seventy bands perform. Fucking hell, seventy. That's so a, every- that's a solid turnout for anyone. There are no iPads. People aren't. You know, pe- people are actually trying to break into music and there's a lot of talent out there and people actually knew how to play instruments. None of this EDM DJ screeners shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> So fame pushes... There's still yeah. a lot of money in it as well, but yeah. Yeah, so 70 bands perform and, and one is chosen. This band's name was the Downton Abbey spin-off sounding Kippington Lodge. <laughs> the name was changed soon after winning the comp. The new name sounds so fucking ridiculous, though. The new name is Brinsley Schwartz. Oh, that is, again, all these shitbags sitting around in a room. I've named bands before. It goes yeah. fucking terribly. No, so this is what? Why? Why Brinsley Schwartz? Because it's the name of the guitarist. Oh fuck! All right. So it's kind of like Van Halen, except this is a guitarist that no one's heard of. Fair, fair. Also, if you weren't the lead singer, how bizarre would it be if you were the lead singer? You're getting up on the mic. Hey everybody, hope you're having a great night. We are Brinsley Schwartz. We're going to play a couple of songs for you. And Brinsley, the actual Brinsley Schwartz, is like. This is the best feeling. Yeah. And then the rest of the band's like, this is shit. And then he has he has to introduce the band. Yeah. And it's just like, if you're at a party afterwards and you're trying to fuck groupies or whatever, mm. and you're hanging around just like, oh, so uh, so so what do you do? I, uh, I play in a band. Ooh, what, uh, what, what band do you play in? I play in Brinsley Schwartz. Isn't? I just met Brinsley Schwartz. No, no, no. That's the name of the band. That's a really dumb fucking name for a, for a band. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Pink Floyd or something. Uh, I, I would, I've, it would just be so weird, I reckon, if it was... it Because was, most of the time, if it's like Fleetwood Mac, right? Fleetwood was Mick Fleetwood. Mac was John McVie. It makes sense. Crosby, Stills and Nash. All of Crosby, Stills and Nash are in that band. Mm. Yeah. So it's Emerson, Lake and Palmer. It's all... They're all, they're all there. Yeah. I this mean, one is one fucking guy. I get it. With Van Halen, it even makes more sense because Eddie Van Halen was a fucking psychopath on his instrument and was amazing. Yeah, but also you have an element with with bands where people get a long way up their own ass, <laughs> a long, long, long way. And the one, the two people in a band who you do not want to encourage to get further up their own ass are your singer and your, and your lead, lead guitarist. guitarist. <laughs> they are the two divas. Yeah. That you need to have in some kind of cosmic prison <laughs> where they cannot get more egotistical. You need to put them in a big box like Loki from the Avengers. <laughs> it's a big glass prison. All right, so the band wins the competition. It's drumming up buzz, but it's nothing too shit hot. Yeah. Head of the PR firm, Message Makers, was a guy named Ricky Blears. Okay. He'd come from a film back called The Band That. <laughs> Literally could not have been any worse. <laughs> <laughs> he come from a film background and couldn't resist the chance to have a crack at the top PR gig that uh, the owner Eddie Moulton recruited him for. Mm-hmm. Now he reckons the best place to show off the winners of this comp, the best of the best that UK rock had to offer as a result of this big competition, was a place called the Fillmore East in New York. Yeah, that is that's a great venue. Yeah, is it, does it still exist? Uh, I don't think so. Well, fantastic. I'm glad we went down that road. So, <laughs> but but it's like the Hendrix did a live album there. There's yeah, right. It's a it was a, it's a well-known venue. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I guarantee we finish this podcast and I find out it's still there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely still a thing. So the other big dick executive in charge of artist management was a guy by the name of Dave Robinson. So he was the one who was running Fame Pushers. Should have called the band that. Yeah. So he gets rock hard when he hears Ricky Blears be like New York baby. Strap your dicks in. Where it's <laughs> it's it's, ha- it's happening, and he he literally tuck your knobs. We yeah. go to the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah, he literally flies the day after to chat to Bill Graham, who's a huge name in the promoting game back then. Yep, 
This guy it's a, it's quite a short name, but go on. Yeah, this guy and it's not fucking bizarre and sounds like a fucking Lord of the Rings side character. So this guy ends up scoring the uh, the undercard performance, opening up for Van Morrison. So That's a big gig. It's a huge gig. Yeah. It's a huge thing. And so it's a huge opportunity. Brinsley Schwartz, even when I say it every time, is just so awful. But Brinsley Schwartz are literally like this podcast. Obviously, they've they've come in and they're going on the Van Morrison bill, except they totally don't deserve it. They are literally us. We are Brinsley Schwartz. Uh, so, but they're taking it. But they're taking it, yeah. and they are dead set taking it. So, they've locked in this gig. They've booked the venue. Now they just need people to to cover it, like in in the press. So Robinson calls up a mate at Aer Lingus, the Irish national carrier. Oh, sorry, the Irish national carrier. What? It's called Aer Lingus. Aer Lingus, yeah. Okay. No, that's <laughs> I've flown them. It's, okay. it's quite good. Fair. So they, so Robinson calls up a mate at, at Aer Lingus, the Irish national car- uh, carrier, and charters a fucking seven oh seven jet, which had capacity for one hundred and forty people, like it's a fucking pizza from Domino's <laughs> that a couple are having sex in, and you're just. Uh, how does someone just call them up? Things used to be so much different back in the day. Like, people would just call up and just be like, hey, buddy, I'm uh, thinking about bringing some people over. What's what's the chances of a jet? <laughs> what's the chances of a jet? Oh. Cool if not, but it's like, oh, I might have one lying around if you, in the back. If you don't ask, Rig, you don't get. And You never, never know if you never, never go. Exactly. Rest in peace, Ernie Dingo. Mm-hmm. He's, no, he's alive. He's alive. Okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> So for sorry, so 140 people are needed to fly from the UK and Ireland to New York to cover a fucking band. That that's the dream. That is the dream to be sent to New York to cover a band. Like you're literally going to a show and covering it, and you get a free fucking trip to New York. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, they'd be amped when they find out that they're going to New York, and yeah. then they'd be like, "I am so into this, Chief. I'm in. I'm in. What's the gig?" Uh, it's a band called Brinsley Schwartz. Is that an acne cream? I, <laughs> I mean, I'll go, but is that a pharmaceutical giant? Like, what, what, what is that? And, uh, it's a law firm, isn't it's a it? Law, it's a law firm. So, basically, it, it, it is the dream for any any journalist hack. There are journalists who get... <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the thing is about this, right? When I, I kept thinking about journalists, about how things were done back in the day, because it just sounds so bizarre to us now because of the world that we live in and all the technology, right? Yeah. So... I mean, there are journalists who get free fucking lotion. Or, as we heard, <laughs> potentially actual fucking lotion. Yeah. Oh, 55 gallons of it. Like like 55 gallon drums of lube and post it up on Instagram with hashtags like hashtag love my job and <laughs> get 100 likes. If you get a free fucking trip to New York to cover one show... Oh, you've got to write. You're going to notch up the double ton at least exactly. on answer. Exactly. And that's, at the, that's the low end. Correct. It's crazy, but the court- fortunately, this was a simpler time. It was a better time. It was a better time. Yeah, press is press is press. Press is press. The call goes out for the job of a lifetime, and the journos start to congregate like crackheads, wanting their fix of the oh, city that never sleeps. This is this is journalistic tweaking. Yeah. So eventually, a list is formed, and the itinerary is sent to the band. So they were to fly out on Tuesday morning, which is March thirty first, nineteen seventy. Okay. And have three days rehearsal followed by two shows each on the Friday and the Saturday nights. Here's where shit starts going a bit wonky. Good, because thus, thus far, apart from the band being called... <laughs> Brinsley Schwartz, that, that's it. Basi- that, that was it. Basically, Game over, that's the end. Incorporated. <laughs> uh, so all's going to plan until band members Bob Andrews and Nick Lowe couldn't get visas because they'd been busted for drugs. Oh, and that had, old chestnut. And had a criminal record. Yeah. So the manager, Dave Robinson, tries to get around this by flying to Toronto, Canada. They get there and they try to get visas through the US Embassy there. No dice. Yeah, they're criminals. Yeah, they're criminals. I mean, it's, it's not like war on drugs type, you know, full <laughs> homicide, life on the street sort of shit. <laughs> I, you know, but, you know, it's bad, but it's not like... Bad, bad. So I'm doing like a stabbing motion yeah. to Gus. Just to just to describe Rig, he's done the universal shiver guy in the street motion. <laughs> Stand back, watch me practice my stabbing. So Robinson works with lawyers to secure visas, but they don't get to New York until the Friday, which is the day of the first show. That's cutting it fine, but I've seen worse. During the flight from Toronto to New York, the actual guy, 
Brinsley Schwartz, so mm. not the fucking collective band because that's the dumbest fucking name for a band. Can we just call him Mr. Schwartz? Yeah. The actual guy, Brinsley Schwartz, experiences some sort of blockage in his ears and goes temporarily deaf. Oh, for fuck's sake. So they go to the rehearsal and he's still deaf. So he's basically just watching the notes the bassist is playing to know where he is in the song. <laughs> that is not That is not even close to a way to do that. He's, be- he's become fucking Beethoven <laughs> six hours before a gig, but he is not Beethoven. He is Brin- Brinsley fucking Schwartz. Mm, bet you're not feeling so fucking good naming your band after this Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> so the Friday shows go down like a stand-up routine at a funeral, just fucking horribly. Quote from Nick Lowe, the bassist. We were awful. <laughs> I, I had been a swaggering oaf before that, boasting to my friends about how we were on our way. In my idiocy. Oh, dear God. The press. So those 140 people, they weren't due until Saturday. So Friday's shows, in the scheme of things... It's fine. You can recover from that. It's not such a bad, it's not such a bad thing. But getting the press there was a huge shit show in and of itself. So the journos all arrive at Heathrow. And straight off the bat, flight is delayed by three hours. Good. Don't that's, you, that's exactly don't as, you, I, was, as don't you, I would expect. Don't you just fucking love it? Soon after making their ascent, the pilot gets a call from air traffic control because large amounts of brake fluid was found on the runway that they just left. <laughs> Shades of Gimli Glider here. It's, I'm like, someone has not done the Imperial Dometric conversion. <laughs> yeah. They then have to divert to Shannon Island. Robinson, the manager, had already stocked the plane well with booze. <laughs> But when they, di- when they diverted to Shannon, Aer Lingus, in true Irish fashion, opened the bar and started handing out free drinks at the airport. <laughs> yes. People start getting fucking lit. Yeah. It's, it's a plane full of journos. On a free on, on, a, on a junket. And they do not give a fuck about the band. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about the band. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a free, all expenses paid trip. Yeah. And they're just getting lit. Oh, yes. In the meantime, staff at Heathrow figure out that it wasn't actually their plane leaking fluid. So 140 tanked journos get back on the plane. <laughs> Apparently, the flight was fucking bedlam. <laughs> there was pr- the only reason that when you're flying normally and you get belted in midair that you keep your shit together is because the plane is a commercial entity. Yeah. And there's people around you who uh, have paid for their seats, etc. If I was on a plane and no one around me had paid for their seats, I hadn't paid for my seat, the cabin crew were paid to just give us whatever the fuck we wanted, yeah. and the pilot was literally just taking us to see a free gig, a ship would get out of hand Absolutely. really fast. Especially because it's 140 of that mentality. Yeah. Everyone's just like, yeah. Magnified. We're, we're, yeah. It's, it, it was, it's, a, it, it's a Bucks party on absolute steroids <laughs> and in the air. Oath it is. So basically what happens after that is that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bedlam. There's projectile vomiting. Ugh. There's just... Bet all those toilets all, were closed. <laughs> there's all sorts of shit going down. Then this happens. And I'm going to take a direct quote here from one of the journos who went on the trip, a guy named Keith Oldham. As we descended into JFK Airport, smoke started belching from one of the engines. Then another went out on the other wing, and the pilot came out to assure us that they were merely balancing out the plane to make landing even safer. (laughs) What? The guy next to me asked, what would happen if another one went out? The pilot said, in that case, sir, we will go down like a fucking wardrobe. (laughs) Imagine hearing that sort of fucking shit from your pilot. That sort of sass. Well, you've got to remember, this was 12 years before the Gimli Glider when they yeah. realised that a, a mid-air 200-tonne plane is actually perfect. Cut the engines. That guy went... We'll glide from, this fucker in. When I read that, I, because it's, it's all English, I'm expecting all these people to be really well-spoken, but when I read that line, he went from, like, Downton Abbey to Guy Ritchie gangster. <laughs> in my mind, it was like... In that case, sir, we'll go down like a fucking wardrobe. <laughs> it's just like really threatening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a, that's also a very interesting tactic. So uh, we've got a mechanical problem with one of the engines. So uh, we're just going to fuck off another engine just in case. But it's like, it, 
It's one of those things where you, if if you get into the if if you've ever been in that in that sort of strung out argument with your significant other where they just keep asking questions and they're just like, well, what about this? What about that? And then you reach breaking point, like it sounds like this pilot did, and they go, well, what happens if that, this happens? Well, well then I guess it just fucking happens. <laughs> I just assume that's how it went down. Well, then I guess we'll go down like a fucking wardrobe. Go down like a fucking wardrobe. That's Are my, you happy now? That's that's my my response to yeah. all major relationship <laughs> fights now. They do, however, make it safely and are met with 22 limos with pre-rolled joints. Oh, man. And somehow a police motorcade to Where get, to get them into the, the city. Where is the budget coming at? <laughs> this is ludicrous. It's actually insanity. The plan was to be like, look at us. We, are, we have fucking big dicks and we're rolling in a motorcade. We're a big fucking deal. But because of the diversion and how late they were, it was well after dark and no one saw them. So it was like... <laughs> they just burnt money. It just, they literally just burnt money. So while the limos, the, the motorcade is making its way to the venue, two of the limos run into each other. <laughs> <laughs> traffic is horrendous. They got left in traffic, by the way. Like, they just left the limos. They're just like, we're not doing this. They belong to the streets now. <laughs> and uh, so tra- traffic is horrendous, and only five limos out of 22 make the gig on time. Oh, fuck. It's the limo survivor. And out poured the drunken stone journos. Yeah. Most of them were so fucked from the trip them- uh, from the trip itself that they crashed at the hotel and didn't even see the gig. <laughs> All in all, only 10 journalists saw saw the gig out of 140. That's, to be honest, higher than I was expecting. <laughs> it's like a fucking Facebook invite to your birthday. <laughs> it's eight more than I 140 thought. 140 attending, 10, 10 arrive. arrive. Yeah, that is... Yeah, okay. So, from all accounts, the band was actually dead average, and it was amplified by the fact that Van Morrison was a fucking god on stage, apparently. Of course he was. Yeah. So the next day, Ricky Blears, the head of the PR firm, this is a quote, I thought he was going to throw himself out the fucking window because of how much of a train wreck this was. (laughs) But he doesn't. They get back to England and all the press is out there. Only it's not about the band. It's just about the trip. (laughs) The greatest trip ever. It's literally all about the trip. So people are like, we went on this uh, trip to see Brinsley Schwartz. Let us never speak of them again. <laughs> this is what happened on this fucked up trip. <laughs> so, but it's 140 accounts of that. Well, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, 140 accounts of that. Some of them were so weird though. Like some of them were like in in, in some of the quotes it was like you had a whole bunch of uh, journalists and everything, everyone you could think of, you know, and then like li- listed off some names. One of them was like fishing monthly. I was like, <laughs> where where are you going to get the value out of that? We're capturing all, all the, markets. the demographics. <laughs> All the markets. So they get yeah, so all, all the reviews of the band themselves were mostly negative. Well, the band sucked. And so yeah. So the so band the guitarist for the last fucking time was playing by watching the bass player's frets. It's not how it works. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It, it is a bit of a short and sweet spotlight tonight. That's fine. And so we thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. You did. Just it's all it's all it's all in the hips. <laughs> it's not about the length, as I've told you it's many many times. I told you not to mention that chat on this cast. <laughs> it's about how you deliver it. So, what happened to our feature players? So, do you remember old mate Eddie Moulton? He was one of the owners of the conglomerate Motherburger. Yeah, I mean, I don't rem- <laughs> I don't remember him. I'm blind yeah. to your face, but yeah. I recall. So apparently. There, there is no spoon. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake! There, there, it was a false name. Yeah, of course, it, it was, was a false name. Guy didn't exist. Yeah, he fucking evaporated Fuck. when the band got back from England. Yeah, his movements still remain unknown. Gets very Law and Order SVU at the end there. Oh, I can, I can tell you what happened to him. Uh, his actual name is Andrew Murdoch, and he ran an EDM <laughs> festival called The Gathering. <laughs> Oh, so good. Just shade upon shade. Yeah, the, this is actually probably the saddest one of all of these where are they now type scenarios. Yeah. The other owner of Mother Burger, the guy named Steve Warwick, ended up as a postman living in a council estate in Acton. Oh, rough. That is so rough. It's, <laughs> it's really fucking rough. Someone's got to deliver the mail, man. But the band, the band went on to record five albums. Yep. 
Surprisingly, even though the reviews were negative of the actual band, the PR they received as a result, you know, they say there's no, what do they say? Is the public, any publicity is good pu- publicity. Any news is good news. <laughs> any news is good news. Whatever. That chip off the old block. So, <laughs> what's that saying? Some kind of publicity is a great form of... What's <laughs> what's that saying? Publicity is good. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. So the PR that they received as a result of the trip was ultimately good for them because they went from a 50-pound-a-night band to a 200-pound-a-night band and it was the start of a six-year relationship. Oh, they, a six-year nightmare. No, a six-year relationship <laughs> they all had together, five albums... They did quite well. The bassist Nick Lowe apparently um, had a had a good solo career, but I'm like, you're a fucking bassist. What the hell? In which case, you should have called your fucking band Nick, Nick Lowe. Lowe. <laughs> Probably fucking easy to remember. I tell you that much. <gasps> fucking hell. Yeah. Well. Good for them. Five five albums. They're five albums in the seventies. It's like, yeah, man. Like, I was gonna I was gonna d- I was gonna do a bit of bit of method. Method acting. Well, not method acting. Just, just <laughs> I'm like. Well, not method acting. I wasn't there with a fucking skull in my hand reciting Shakespeare to it. But who are I you going to be, Eddie Moulton? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've created this Battle of the Bands thing. <laughs> I'm going to send them to New York. No, I was, I was just going to do some research and actually listen to some of their music, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> when I, when I heard that Van Morrison did so much better, I was like, "Fuck, Van Morrison is pretty good." And so I listened to Van Morrison for half an hour. <laughs> What's what's their name? Brinsley Schwartz. Okay, okay. You'll I'll, never forget it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If these guys are on, are on Spotify, I will... Lo- oh, my God, they are! Oh, yes. What's the number one song? What's the top one? Uh, all right. So we have, uh, we have three hits here. <laughs> Surrender to the Rhythm. Yep. Country Girl. Or What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Underwear. That's... That that sounds just awful. What the? F- that sounds just awful. Well, you know what? We're but not going to make what? we're not going to make you listen to it. But if you do want to find out what it what it what it sounds like, you can you can jump on a on a spot. Don't don't go on Spotify. But you know the tough thing is, it could actually be one of those things because they came out of that that era. They could actually be quite amazing compared to a lot of the a lot of the other shit that would come after it. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're if you're in the same graduating class as Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, like you've got to you've got to bring the heat, and if you're not bringing the heat, then maybe you get what I'm getting at here. Yeah, yeah, I I, I get you. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, it's like you know, with the NBA draft, they always they always, they always have a look at people who are just like, mm, if we if we had a time over again, we'd kind of know that he was a bust. But then like you're just like, he's still a fucking NBA caliber player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think this is one of those. I but it, they, they could, but they could also be a dud. <laughs> so they they could. Uh, no, we we got to we got to quickly listen to one of these. We we have to. I can't. We have to do right by the people. Fuck me. There's been three hundred sixty six thousand streams of this thing. Shit. Just the one song. I think and we know exactly it. where that was going. <laughs> and uh, to any of the fans... Do you know where that was going? LSD <laughs> art student sex party. <laughs> and that was MC Goatface Killer. <laughs> Surrender to the rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you get a chance, don't listen to Brinsley Schwartz. <laughs> and uh, any fans of Brinsley Schwartz or Nick Lowe, uh, you guys can just get fucked. Because what, what are the related artists there? DJ Scranus? Uh No, related, related artist Nick Lowe. Uh, ah, of course. If, uh, if I end up through this... Uh, this wormhole, his, late, his latest release, released literally two months ago. Wow. Is called Nick the Knife. <laughs> it's called Nick the Knife. Oh. And he has classics such as Stick It Where the Sun Don't Shine. <laughs> <laughs> Let Me Kiss It. <laughs> Badoom. One's too many and a hundred ain't enough. Zulu kiss. <laughs> Fucking hell. We That is the spotlight for this week, and that's us for this week, which means I'll tell you guys how to get in touch with us. Jump on Facebook and look us up at Shit Show 
Also, give us a follow on Twitter if you're that way inclined. At ShitshowCast is where you can find us. We put a whole bunch of content. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the show every week. We have our own brand new shiny website, shitshow.com.au. How the fuck was that not taken? But we totally did. I feel like our manager really strong-armed his way into that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Luke did, but something's something's happened. And, really good. And, and, and we have it. And from a very exciting point of view, as we mentioned last week, if you want to find us on iTunes or through the podcast app, you can literally just put shit show or one word. That's all you need to put in. Nothing. No fucking funny business. Yeah. Shit show or one word. You will find us. Click subscribe. And if you would be so kind, if you could leave us a rating on iTunes, you give me five. You give five. <laughs> Are we going to be like pushy Uber drivers? We, you give five. I reckon this is the last week that we can say that. I mean, it's it's time. It's time for us to accept that if our Uber driving doesn't make you feel five stars, then just fucking give us five stars. Just fuck, <laughs> <laughs> then just fucking die in a fire. <laughs> no, please don't die in that fire. Come back and listen to us next week, where our guest will be Gunt. Oh, <laughs> so so rough. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna be coming straight at you with some fresh lube, <laughs> fifty five gallons. Right, so <laughs> that is us for another week. We'll see you next week, guys. See ya. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-